And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Athletic FPL podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Recording this episode on Sunday night, not long after Manchester United picked up another three points against West Ham and Arsenal demolished Nottingham Forest 5-0. Game week 14 is done and dusted and we've got a week to mull over our game week 15 decisions. There will be another podcast on Friday after the pressers, so keep an eye out for that one. The FPL deadline this Saturday is a little bit later than usual. It's usually 11am UK time, but it's 1.30 on Saturday because there's no early kickoff. In this episode, I'll do a very quick review of the game week, welcome two new members to the 59th Minute Club, update the watch list, answer 10 questions from Twitter, and take a look at captaincy and potential transfers for game week 15. If you'd like to become an Athletic subscriber, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPLpod to avail of the latest discount offer for new subscribers. A quick review of the game week. Sold Wilfred Zaha and bought Bukayo Saka with the free transfer. Didn't go exactly to plan, so it was good to see Zaha blank. Good to see Saka get the assist in what was going to be a big one for Arsenal, but very unfortunate to see him go off injured. So we need to wait for an update on him later this week from Mikel Arteta. Sounds like it's not too bad, more of a kick than anything else. So hopefully he's back in action for game week 15. Ended up on 61 points, which sounds okay, but it was a red arrow. And if I'm being honest, I'm just looking forward to the World Cup break now. So just try and get through the next two game weeks hit the reset button and then hopefully come back with a nice shiny new squad, Game Week 17, and have a much better second half of the campaign. The points came from Triple Newcastle Defence, so good to see that coming in. Pope, Trippier and Botman. Cancelo delivered. Captain Salah got his goal. Martinelli on the score sheet as well, and then Saka with the assist. There was blanks for Foden, who was frustratingly benched for the second Game Week run-in. Andreas came off my bench for Haaland, and when you need him, he doesn't give you anything. Mitrovic blanked as well. And Ivan Tony icing on the cake. A blank and a suspension. So probably looking to sell Tony this week. I'll talk about potential replacements when I come to the questions section. It's time to welcome two new members to the 59th Minute Club now. A few people pointed out after last week's episode that I missed Raphael Varane. So he went off injured against Chelsea. And that was a 59th minute appearance. So apologies for missing that one last week. But he's not getting away with it. He's in the club. So that just rubs salt into his injury woes at the moment. So welcome Raphael Varane from Manchester United. And from game week 14, we have Liverpool's Harvey Elliott joining the club. So welcome to those two. Fabinho was very lucky. Just about made it to 60 minutes. And also at Aston Villa, Leon Bailey 
and Emmy Buendia also just about made it to the 60 minute mark. So two new members in the club. Keep an eye on those clocks in game week 15 and game week 16. Hopefully we get a few more. Hopefully we get someone also getting their second shout out of the season. I'm always on the hunt for a hat trick like we got with Milivojevic last season. A watch list update now. Haven't added any players to the watch list. So what that tells you is most of the players I'm interested in are already on the watch list, which I'll run through in a second. Players I've removed following the most recent game week. Trent is gone again, just not looking to go there before the World Cup break. Removed quite a few midfielders. Eze, because he came off early. I've just sold Zaha. I'm not really in a rush to go back to the Crystal Palace attack. Anthony Gordon gone as well. Just not the most exciting pick for two weeks. Mason Mount's gone as well. Rotation risk with Potter. Harvey Barnes also, mainly because I prefer Madison if I go for a Leicester attacker. Bruno Fernandes is gone because he's suspended. And Skamaka, I think it was 56 minutes for Skamaka. And again, with my transfers before the World Cup, I really want to be buying players that I don't need to worry about minutes. And I'm always slightly concerned about Skamaka when Antonio is an option for David Moy. So the current watch list for the next two game weeks, defenders Ben White, Luke Shaw and Dallow. Manchester United fullbacks have been doing very well in recent game weeks. Both do well in the bonus point system also. And it's been hurting me for a while now not having an Arsenal defender. So I've probably got a decision to make. Do I bring in Jesus for Tony? Or do I finally get an Arsenal defender back in? I don't think I've owned one since I sold Saliba on that wildcard around game week 8. So that is something that's been hurting. And certainly after the World Cup, I'll be looking to get an Arsenal defender back in. Midfielders on the watch list. James Madison, Jared Bowen, Trossard from Brighton, who was on the score sheet again. Rashford, who scored a great header. And Almiron, who just keeps smashing it. But I do have triple Newcastle already, which is frustrating because I can't go from Tony to Wilson, for example. Or if Sack is injured, I can't get Almiron either. I would need to take a minus four. Forwards on the watch list. Harry Kane, Darwin Nunes, even though he's been quite a frustrating FPL asset, I still think he's an okay punt for the final two game weeks. Gabriel Jesus, Callum Wilson. What was it, a 19-pointer? And it could have been even more if he hit the crossbar. A couple of other decent chances missed. So what a game he had. And making a late dash for that World Cup squad. If I was Gareth Southgate, Callum Wilson would certainly be in my squad. Final player on the watch list, Calvert-Lewin. Because Everton are top of the fixture ticker for the final two game weeks before the break. So that's the watch list. That's the pool of players I'm looking at when it comes to making transfers this week and next week. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Time for some questions now. First one this week is from FPL Funmily. 
Who is the best replacement for Ivan Tony? So yeah, those of us who have him, I think it makes sense to sell him. He's suspended. And I think it's Manchester City in game week 16 for Brentford also. So the prime candidate, if you don't already have triple Newcastle, I think Callum Wilson is an easy transfer to make. He's got Southampton next off the back of a 19-pointer. Don't overthink it. Just buy Callum Wilson if you can. I've seen quite a few people even making that move on Saturday night, which... I'm never too keen on the early transfers, but if budget is a little bit tight and you might not be able to make it later in the week, then I think that's absolutely fine. Other options, Gabriel Jesus, I think he's probably the most likely replacement for me. Chelsea fixture is not ideal. Also, we have that slight concern. If Jesus gets a yellow card in game week 15, he would miss game week 16, so we really need him to behave himself if we bring him in. Other options then, Darwin Nunes, Liverpool have okay fixtures. If you're willing to take a punt there, I do think it is a punt, given he hasn't done too much so far in FPL this season. And Liverpool are not an easy team to trust at the moment. And then, purely on fixtures, you've got Calvert-Lewin as an option as well. So I think those are probably the best ones out there. Mitrovic has some tricky fixtures. Next question is about him from Johan Fredriksson. Is it time to sell Alexander Mitrovic? He says Fulham play both Manchester clubs in the next two game weeks before the break. So Manchester United's keeping a few clean sheets recently. David Hay is playing very well. And obviously, you're never too keen on playing attackers against the Manchester City defence. But we know Mitrovic is capable. The way Fulham play wouldn't surprise me to see Mitrovic get maybe one or two goals over the next two game weeks. If you are lucky enough that you don't have problems like a Tony suspension... We need to wait on news on Haaland as well. Some of us might be forced to act on that if he's going to miss game week 15. So if you're in a luxurious position where you don't have major fires to fight, then I think Selimitrovic is fine. I think a lot of people would have been eyeing up Selimitrovic this week anyway, purely based on fixtures and moving to one of those others that I mentioned previously, Callum Wilson, for example, Gabriel Jesus. So Mitrovic to sell him is absolutely fine. On the flip side, if you're like me and you've got a lot of issues and you're not going to get a chance to sell Mitrovic, we've just got to hope for the best. We play him. I don't think you bench him. I think you just play him against Man City and you hope that he can just get a goal. Uh, we know he's capable. He's done it against some of the bigger sides already this season. Could be fixture-proof. So keeping him's fine. But again, on fixtures, I do think there might be better options out there for these next two game weeks. Question from Ads. Saka replacements if he's ruled out. So yeah. Don't sell Saka until we get more information. He could be fine. Sounds like it might just be a kick and hopefully the week will be enough for him to recover and come back in because in particular, we'd like to have him for game week 16 when Arsenal play Wolves. We don't mind too much if he misses out against Chelsea if we can hide him on the bench and then have him for that final game week. If it turns out that we do need to sell him, that he is going to be out for a while, options, Martinelli and Odegaard. His Arsenal teammates are both good options. All the fixtures are not fantastic when one of them is Chelsea, although Chelsea just shipped four to Brighton, so maybe it's not as bad as it looks on paper. Almiron's an obvious one. Again, if you don't have triple Newcastle, you probably don't overthink it. Almiron is on fire. He plays Southampton this week. Rashford's good option. Two decent fixtures. Trossard also. Fixtures are okay. There's plenty of options, like I said, from the watch list, Madison's an option, Bowen's an option, and even Foden. If you don't own Foden, he's been breaking the hearts of us owners for the last couple of game weeks. But when you look at the Manchester City fixtures, you still want Triple City. 
and you just hope that Foden starts the final two league matches before the break. So there's plenty of options out there. My favourite ones probably are the likes of Almiron, Rashford, maybe Trossard, Martinelli if you don't own him. But again, you can take a punt, you know, whoever you fancy. It's only two game weeks and then you can get rid of them again when it comes to game week 17. So ideally, hopefully Sack will be okay so that we can focus our transfers elsewhere. Question from Raghav Srivatava. In a Newcastle triple-up, does it now make sense to get two attackers instead of the defensive double-up? And who or what would be the ideal triple-up right now? So yeah, I do think it makes sense to have two attackers. I think Almiron and Wilson are fantastic FPL picks. And I think their ceiling is a lot higher than the likes of maybe uh, Botman, Dan Byrne and, and Nick Pope. I do still think Trippier is essential. So I think the ideal triple-up right now, Trippier stays... And if you can, Almiron and Wilson, just get the attackers in and you hope that they continue to score three or four goals, which they've done a few times recently. So yeah, Trippier, Almiron and Wilson is the three I'd like to be on right now. I'm quite happy on the triple defence. It's I don't really see any point in me taking hits to move away from the three defenders when there's only two game weeks to go. So I just got to hope these attackers don't do too much damage and they can keep another clean sheet or two. Question from LJ. What do we do with Salah? Do we stick or twist? Again, if you're lucky enough that you can make a luxurious free transfer and sell Salah, I think it's fine. Someone like Kevin De Bruyne comes to mind or you could take a punt and maybe move funds into attack or something like that if you fancy a Harry Kane for the last two game weeks. Next two fixtures for Liverpool are Tottenham and Southampton. So Southampton's good. Even Tottenham, that doesn't bother me too much for attackers at the moment either. They're not exactly watertight at the back. So when there's only two game weeks to go, I think you're more than likely going to have a bigger issue elsewhere in your squad than selling Salah. And I wouldn't sell Salah for a minus four. So I think you probably just we probably just stick with him for the final two game weeks and hopefully he can get something for us. And then we probably redistribute the funds on the unlimited transfers for game week 17. Question from Tien Ngayan. What is the deal with Foden? Do we keep the faith or is Pep limiting his minutes before the World Cup? We really have no idea what's going on there. It was very, very frustrating. I thought there was zero chance of Foden being benched for a second game running. And for him to be benched for a third game running, I'm going to say again, close to a zero chance. But who knows with Pep? I think if you own him, you keep him. Again, you probably have other issues to deal with. He probably won't get too many minutes Champions League. They've already qualified, so I'm expecting a lot of changes from Pep midweek. So hopefully then Foden will just come back in for those last two games. So if you have him again, when there's only two games to go, I think you stick with him because the fixtures look primed for City to score lots of goals as well. So yeah, just keep him and use your transfers elsewhere. Question from Matthias Amon. For those of us not already on three Man City players, what about selling Salah to a City midfielder? Is it a good move? And if so, should it be De Bruyne or Foden, for example, to free up cash for a game week 16 punt? So I think if you're choosing between De Bruyne and Foden, I don't think there's any question now you should just get De Bruyne because he is you know, one of the first players on Pep's team sheet, very unlikely to play Champions League this week. He's already got a few rests Champions League this season. So if you see De Bruyne getting midweek off, I would have no hesitation in selling Salah to get De Bruyne. But again, only if you're not ignoring other issues in the squad. If you've got a strong 11, if you've got no problems, Salah to De Bruyne. I think there's no doubt De Bruyne is the better FPL option at the moment. 
Question from FPL Kids. Is Perisic worth keeping right now? Short answer is no. Just look at his minutes. Last two game weeks, 27 minutes, 29 minutes. When there's only two game weeks to go, get players that you don't need to worry about in terms of team sheets. Question from FPL SK. Who are the best two-week punts? So a lot of people will be feeling frisky, feeling like a fling with a player for just two game weeks, knowing that you can dump them then on the unlimited transfer. So I always look at fixtures first when I'm looking for short-term punts. So the names I came up with here, if you're looking for defenders, Dallow or Shaw, who are playing well and delivering, have got good fixtures. Any of the midfielders I mentioned in the Saka replacements question, and then elsewhere, if you want to go outside the box a little bit more, Gordon at Everton, I'm not too keen, but the fixtures are there. Kevin De Bruyne is not in too many teams, if you can get there. Always like him as a differential. I still think Solanke's fine. A lot of people might have sold him. Uh, I was surprised to see him start that game. So he's fine. They've got okay fixtures also. Skamaka, if you think he starts the next two. Crystal Palace, again, I'm not too keen on going back there, but their fixtures are okay. You've got Zaha, you've got Eze, Harvey Barnes at Leicester. I like Madison more, but Barnes has been delivering. And then you're getting towards scraping the barrel territory. Rodrigo at Leeds, back-to-back goals, doesn't usually get past 60 minutes these days, but he's okay as a short-term punt. And then Hyungman's son is always absolutely fine as a punt as well, especially when he's playing against... A very weak defence in Liverpool soon. Final question is from Shane FPL. Hi Mark, I've gone from just outside the top million to now outside the top three million in two game weeks. Any tips on how to keep motivated? So as I mentioned earlier, I'm feeling fairly similar at the moment. My rank has slipped to I think about 800, 850k, maybe 900k. So obviously nowhere near where I want to be, but... I always say gimmick 38 is all that matters, but if you take FPL as seriously as I do, it can be quite you know disheartening when things are not going the way you want to. And I don't I don't think there's too much I've done wrong this season. You know, maybe a couple of gimmick one picks really hurt me. You know, players like Mason Mount and Double Liverpool Defence and a few of those little things can really make a big difference in points totals over over a number of game weeks. So I don't think I've made too many mistakes this season, but it is disheartening to be around 1 million. I know there's people out there that are further down the rankings. I think the best tip to give is these next two game weeks, just get through them. Don't give up on the season. I think a lot of people will be giving up at the moment and thinking I'm not going to bother playing after the World Cup, but just get through the next two game weeks. Don't even worry too much whether you get green arrows or red arrows the next two game weeks because I think this upcoming game week is going to be quite tricky for a lot of us. When you know If Saka is out, if Haaland doesn't play again, we need to sell Tony because he's suspended. You know, I've got a very weak bench. You know, Doherty, I don't trust him. Nico Williams didn't play. Um, so it's a bit of a nightmare uh, at the moment looking at this game week. But the beauty of it is we do have a reset now. We get five or six weeks with no Premier League action. We don't have to think about FPL whatsoever. And then I think we just take it on as a challenge. If you're like me and you're having a tough season, you come back on Boxing Day with a lovely new squad, you know, you get rid of all the guys who've been letting you down and you come back full of hope and optimism and you just, you set yourself small targets and you just take on the challenge. You know, you can be a bit freer in your decisions. You know, you don't have to stick to the template after Christmas. You can just get players you like. You you can maybe focus on players with lower ownership. Not that I usually do that, but maybe it's something I might look to do this season because unlikely that I'm going to get my best ever FPL rank this year. So maybe can be a bit 
you know, experimental in the second half of the season. But yeah, the main thing is don't give up. Just get through the next two game weeks. Enjoy the World Cup. A good tip is probably not to play Fantasy World Cup. I'm undecided whether I'll play or not. I, I did enjoy playing it in 2018. I did quite well, so I'm quite tempted to go back there. Might even do some content for it. Not sure yet. I'll give that some thought over the next few weeks. I think the sensible decision would be for me to take a break from it. And if if you are a bit downbeat about FPL, you know, maybe just enjoy the World Cup without the fantasy aspect. Because I think then you've got a better chance of being... You know, feeling refreshed for the second half of the FPL. You're more likely to come back because I know a lot of people will just forget about it and not bother coming back. But yeah, you know, this game is, it's supposed to be fun. And if your rank is 4 million or 6 million or 8 million, I mean, who cares really in the grand scheme of things? Just take on the challenge and just think of the green arrows. You can go on a crazy run of 10, 10 to 15 green arrows in the new year and things can change very, very quickly. And I've said it almost every week, you know, things are very, very bunched up in the rankings and, you know, go to livefpl.net and it'll show you that little graph of how far behind you are, you know, 1 million, 500k and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, don't give up and, you know, there's plenty of fun to still be had in this FPL season. Uh, Try not to worry too much about your rank or your mini league position for that matter. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Captaincy options for game week 15 now. I think the main man, Haaland, if we get positive fitness news on him this week, fingers crossed Pep gives us some clarity on Friday. Manchester City are at home to Fulham. So I think that's where we need to go for our captaincy. If you own Kevin De Bruyne and if Haaland is going to miss out again, I think Kevin De Bruyne is a great captain. Can we trust Foden with a captaincy now? Probably not. But if you have him, there's an option there as well. Elsewhere, the fixtures are not as good this week for captaincy as they were last week. You could look to Wilson or Almiron, who are away to Southampton. You know, Newcastle are on a roll, and I expect them to score, you know, possibly three or four again in that game. So I think Wilson and Almiron are totally fine captaincy options. If Haaland is out, that is. I think he's the standout if he's fit. And elsewhere, Kane and Son, I think, could have some joy against Liverpool also. So yeah, fingers crossed on Haaland so that we don't have to overthink the captaincy too much. Early transfer thoughts for Game Week 15. Like I said, I've got issues with Haaland, Saka and Tony. I've only got one free transfer. I can't get Wilson and I can't get Almiron unless I take a minus four. First thoughts on Sunday night. So I'll come back to these on Friday or Saturday to see if my thoughts have changed. Sell Tony for Jesus. And just hope Jesus doesn't get a booking against Chelsea because I'd like to have triple Arsenal attack for the Game Week 16 fixture. Or it might be double attack if we have to sell Saka. So Tony to Jesus 
If Saka is ruled out, or if there's big doubts, I probably will take a minus four and sell him. So looking at probably Rashford, uh, the other options would be Trossard, Madison or Bowen. But I think on Sunday night, again, might be because I just watched the Manchester United game, Saka to Rashford for a minus four. I don't hate it. And I mean, it's not ideal taking a minus four when there's only two game weeks left. But when my bench is unreliable players like Doherty and Nico Williams, I might be forced into a minus four to make the 11 stronger. And again, if I'm open to a minus four, maybe I should be thinking about losing a Newcastle defender to maybe get a Callum Wilson or an Almiron. So I'll give that some thought throughout the week as well. I won't be making any moves until Friday night or Saturday morning. Have a great week, folks. Enjoy the Champions League action. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support me as a full-time FPL content creator, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general, where you'll get extra podcasts, live streams, and a team reveal before each deadline. Talk to you again on Friday. The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.